Social learning at scale requires tools and technologies, and there is no shortage of vendors trying to supply them. So how do you integrate tools that will promote adoption without breaking your budget? Let's talk about it. Okay, so we're gonna talk about basically what I think is one of the things we end up talking to with clients just all the time, right? Tools and tech and how do we make this happen? And do we have to buy all the new stuff? Do we have to buy all the shiny objects? Is it gonna be really expensive? Can we use what's in our work system? So I think this is one of those episodes where I'm just really glad that I have my team here. You are all great at thinking about this. And this is gonna be a really practical, useful episode, I think, for a lot of people out there. But you know, we don't get to talk much about who we are. So just to give you a little bit of a bio of all of us here at your ID and what we do, your instructional designer, we like to call it a social learning agency for employee development that reimagined companies' approaches to learning to drive organizational performance, which is a really fancy way of saying we help people get it together so that their people can do stuff better, right? We've worked with nearly 100 organizations over the past seven years to add growth opportunities that lead to meaningful change. And that includes things like increasing the productivity of new hires, having happier clients, happier employees, reducing costly incidents on the job, opportunities for revenue generation, and improving that employee retention. It was really all about making that learning that matters for us. So on the roster for today's episode, we've got me, Nicole Fafiana Lugara. So I'm the founder and learning strategist here at Your Instructional Designer. I am a PhD holder in English, not instructional design, and recently added international speaker to my list. So that's pretty neat. We have Katie Hines. She is our resident instructional designer, an amazing developmental editor, and also a PhD holder in composition. We've got Rocio Grinella, who's our junior project manager, former educator and current management graduate student, and Diego Diaz, freshly promoted to junior digital designer, D1 volleyball player, community builder, and newly accepted grad student in sports management. So collectively, again, it's our mission to make learning that matters. And for us, that often starts with opportunities to build social learning at scale. So when we work with clients to implement these solutions, tools and technologies become a major part of the discussion. And I'll kick this conversation off by saying you do not need more than you already have to create scalable social learning. And there are some really good arguments actually for using what you already have at your disposal. So team, my first question to all of you is why should we use tools that already exist in the work ecosystem when we're trying to do scalable learning? Well, I think the the easy answer is that people are already used to those tools, so you don't have to train or, you know, a lot of the time there's a lot of pushback when you're bringing in new technology, especially from like older employees. It could be a budget thing, right? We don't have the money, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to do it. Like you could definitely use, I don't know, even if it's just Google Drive on a personal email, like you could, you could still, you know, work some things out of that, I would say. If you have the budget, go for it. But if you don't, you can definitely use what you already have at your disposal. And I think when you look at those tools that people are already using, you might be happy to discover, you might have already discovered that social learning is already happening there. You might maybe not have been conscious of it, but when you kind of go through, like, say, the Slack, if you, you all use Slack channel or email, I don't know, like asking how people are using these tools, you might find that they're already asking each other questions there. So that gives you a really good 
place to build from. Katie, I laughed a little bit when you said the Slack, like when older people call it the Google. But also, how many times, how many companies have tools that they don't know all the bells and whistles of those tools, right? Like, so before you go buying off all this new platforms or whatever, because you heard that that's a new thing, maybe figure out first, watch, you know, some YouTube videos on the YouTube about, you know, what kind of things you can already do with the tools that you have, because I promise you, you don't 100% have figured out all the capabilities that all the opportunities that could come out of that tool that you already have. Agreed. And for those of you who don't like long YouTube videos, TikTok is a quick and easy way to find a little how to or tutorial on how to use some of these channels too, that I think is also beneficial. And that was our Gen Z spokesperson. Thank you. <laughs> TikTok is great. I think our guest Vanessa would agree, right? She's all about TikTok for L&D. And if you use the Google <laughs> to check out what work, because I think like even the word work ecosystem gets people. So like, you know, we talk about the tools, but I just also want to reiterate what all of you are saying. It's already there. Like people are already doing the work in those spaces. And so you're not slowing things down to make it happen. Not just the learning curve, but actually going and now finding a system that I don't normally use, having to open the browser, having to sign in, having to find the icon that doesn't look like the icon in this other tool I use. I mean, there's a there's a slowdown in productivity that happens there too. But going back to what I was saying, like your work ecosystem is really more than just those tools. Like don't forget it also includes the people who are part of that work ecosystem, the structures you have in place, whether that's like your organizational hierarchy or the actual physical structures. Like we're all working from home. That environment impacts how we work. We all have different home offices. You know, so that's kind of an interesting thing. Whereas if you're like in the office, we've got this hybrid, like that's part of the ecosystem you have to think about too. And too many times I think we get hung up on, again, like what's the best tool to add to our ecosystem as if the ecosystem is just all of these technologies, but it's really a lot more than that. Like how are we incorporating all of it? So I love, I mean, you know, I love the idea of just like Jerry rigging, is that the right word here? Jerry rigging the systems you already have to do really awesome things. And I like what Rocio said about, you don't know all the opportunities that are even there most of the time. Yeah, and I would even say like, you know, sometimes we get this tool, we create this community. We, we let's say we know up to today, we know all the bells and whistles of this tool, but we don't pay attention to the updates and we don't pay attention to the new things that are happening with the tool. We don't go to that, you know, whatever online webinar about like the new things that are happening and we're missing opportunities because there could be new things that you could be doing with the tool rather than getting a whole other tool because that other tool does something that you wanted and you didn't know. My brain just goes to click up because yeah, I'm that's what I'm thinking. sending I... us updates and I never watch them. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I, I put their their little, when they send updates, they also do kind of like a conference type things to release the updates. And, you know, I try to grab a lot of them, you know, ClickUp is a great tool for project, like, especially for bigger projects, because it has so many bells and whistles, I like to call them, but um, they have updates all the time. So. And for a while, ClickUp was my onboarding tool. I don't, I think you might've gone through it, Rocio. I don't think Diego and Katie, you have workplace that I use now, but yeah, I didn't have fancy tools when I was like 
growing this, not that I'm not still growing the business, but so I just use ClickUp. We had a checkup, a checkup, a checklist for onboarding and much like we do in Workplace now, you know, there are files attached to cars and things like that. And that's how we made it work. Yeah. But I guess, you know, extending from that conversation, you know, for people who are thinking about, okay, well, I got to go check into the bells and whistles or I have to see like what my use cases are. I guess the question is, are there categories for the tools that are must haves for scalable social learning? So like, what are the big boxes of things that people will need to find tools to do? I would say like being able to chat with each other. So some kind of chatting tool as a group. There's the group one and there's the one that you can like message someone directly. So that would be great to have both in one. Sometimes you can only do a group one and not necessarily the direct one. But I think the the chat, the ability to chat within the organization is a pretty big one. Chat's huge. We've had a really great chat thread going today. Yeah, I would also say somewhere to keep all of the shared knowledge, whether that's a wiki or, you know, some kind of like I've used SharePoint at another place where, you know, we just share files or we have, you know, just our knowledge library can grow and people can collaborate and contribute to it. Yeah, And I think kind of just going off like the chatting and like the shared spaces, I think like places where you can, because a lot of us are now in a virtual setting. So having those like video conferencing places that people can like build off of. So like, I know for our podcast, we use like Squadcast because it's an easy way to like get the recordings and stuff like that. But you know, when we meet with clients and stuff like that, it's very much run through like Zoom and stuff like that. And I know like Google has Google Meet. So there's so many opportunities to like meet in person, even though you're not in person, that I think is a great opportunity for people to utilize. Yeah, and adding on to Diego's, comment i would say that if you're virtual you need to have some kind of tool like let's say you're using zoom right in zoom you can share your screen and show somebody what you're going through or if you have an issue but if you don't have zoom then i think you need to have some kind of like screen sharing capability recording that you could send people if you don't have that i just feel like there are things that you just can't explain over the phone um, if you call somebody so over here we use loom a lot and that saves us a lot of time and it saves us a lot of you know we explain everything and we don't have to have meetings because you know we don't we it just saves us time and then like we get notifications oh you save this amount of meetings this month for using loom but that's one of my favorite tools actually in a virtual setting i would say i really like it too you've actually sent me some really useful quick expl- explanations of things that yeah it just saved us you know, having to set up a meeting, blah, 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 blah. Like you just quickly showed me how to do something and watch the loom. And then it's there for me to refer back to as well. So there was a record of it. I think that's so highly crucial too, is that record tracking, like you said, Katie, that shared resource repository is like so important because in the moment there's times where you're like trying to remember it, but eventually you'll forget it. And I think having that place where you can go back to refer to these items and that's on the agenda or like tutorials is very important especially for like anybody who's new to the company or who's you know just looking for a quick thing just having that cuts down the time of like having to reach out to like you know your boss or somebody up ahead of you and be like hey i need this 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 when they can just be like here's a link and you now have it for you at your free disposal i feel like loom should start paying us for the amount of times we've mentioned their product on this podcast i see you all laughing with your mute buttons on but yes we are not loom affiliates but we probably should be because we love them so much and we talk about them all the time 
With that said, like collaborative spaces have been a big win, I think. You know, I can't imagine trying to do our work without having either shared documents or wiki spaces we talked about, because that's kind of going in the shared repository space, but whiteboards, we love Miro, that's another one. I actually think we may be a Miro affiliate and I never share that, but someday maybe we'll share the link and get get some kickbacks for that. <laughs> but no, Miro is awesome, genuinely awesome. That That's, I don't know if you've- Yeah, I'm not to use Miro. with Miro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan now because I've been new to it, but also they, they do a great job on their website of creating materials to learn from. So yeah, good job, Miro. And it's so nice to get tactile with things. I mean, I know you're clicking a mouse, but really there are just some ideas that are way too hard for me to describe by like screen sharing my notebook or talking through it or even screen sharing my computer. And so it's really lovely to have those more like, I mean, you could do it with Zoom right now. They have their whiteboards, they've got Mural, you've got a whole bunch of products that do it. It doesn't have to be Miro, but you need some kind of collaborative documents like you you just do <laughs> i think the only one we didn't mention that i might add would be like a nudging tool so that might be emails that might be regularly scheduled posts in like a chat channel that might be sms text to all your employees phones it might be a poster next to your computer that reminds you to do something but like you do kind of need the nudge to remember to come back to the learning come back to the conversation all of that I feel like we got are those so the categories then were just like trying to recap what everybody said we need a chat channel and that's like collective but then we also need direct messaging you need a collaborative workspace and a shared resource repository and then direct messaging i think i already said right video conferencing and a nudging tool anything that i missed no i would i i would say the only thing i would add is just some kind of screen recording to screen recording um, tool, that's the one. Yeah. That's like you know, Zoom, which is wouldn't be recording, but it's sharing your screen. But you want to be able, like, if you're virtual, you want to be able to walk through someone through something without, you know, kind of like face to face. Not really face to face, but face to face. I would say. So hopefully, you know, you can start to think about what tools you already have in your ecosystem and which ones can apply in those different categories, whether you need to fill a gap or, you know, whether you just need to use what you've already got. And with that said, you know, as people are thinking about, well, are the tools I have good enough? Do we need to fill a gap here? What considerations should our audience think about when they're considering implementing tools or technologies for social learning? I think it comes down to your comfortability and what you're just like wanting to be able to use. So like, I know there's a lot of like different programs and softwares that we use that, you know, for some people may be challenging because they don't have really an expertise or knowledge in it. Like with like the video editing, like Canva and stuff like that is what I'm thinking of more say, but I will say there are just like different resources and avenues. So like when we were doing the podcast stuff, you know, we went through like three different formats to like figure out which one worked best for us and I think that's what you have to do is you have to be able to try each and everything and find what you're most comfortable using and what's going to work for not only you but your whole team as a collaborative you want it to be accessible that everybody can use it no matter what platform they're on or where they're using it from whether it's Mac Windows you know you have to look at that too and take into the technology that you're using as well so I think that's one thing to keep in mind is you know when I'm going to put in an investment into something 
is going to be one comfortable two accessible and three something that everybody can use and be okay with i would say you also have to think about is this adding an extra unnecessary task to my employees day to day right like if we're using teams and now i got this app or this platform where we're going to communicate like is that are we switching completely to that platform or now the employees have to check both platforms in order to stay updated so i think that there is in a lot of companies there's a certain redundancy to the amount of apps or platforms that they have that have the same function and they're using one function in one platform and then one function on the other platform. And I mean, from the you know analysis that we have, employees don't like that. Like they just don't, they don't enjoy that they have. And one of when we have, you know, when we do clients, one of the questions is, you know, is is this really are they gonna use it? Because you can pay for it, but are they gonna use it? Are they gonna actually go in and feel the need to check-in right like over here your instructional designer we use workplace and that's like my go-to stop for everything so like before i even check my email i check workplace first and get caught up with workplace first right if we get slack what is what would be like the purpose of of slack we, we can't have channels right in workplace but i wouldn't i wouldn't check my slack so that's just a waste of money and then you know information is just gonna fall through the cracks. I agree. And I would also add to think about how easy would the knowledge be, the information there be to update as, you know, depending on the pace of change for your organization's internal knowledge. Yeah, it should be something that you could quickly swap in, replace, not something that would be costly and time consuming to do that. And just building off of that, like the updates are very important, especially with technology being such a growing like industry they're buying each other out left and right. So things that are run through, you know, like Facebook and Instagram was one of the biggest mergers there. Like them going into the meta business suite has changed the whole social media scene in that aspect. And so you kind of just have to think about, okay, if I make this investment, what's it going to look like in the next couple of years? Who's going to be part of this? Who's going to be part of that? Because every day someone new is taking over this little smaller company and making it. And so that's kind of one thing you also want to think about when you're making those investments. Yeah, I'm thinking about Adobe and Figma, right? Or in the learning world, Eduflow, like we all loved it for cohorts and then they were acquired by a company that doesn't want to use them to make cohorts. So all the people who had programs on there now had to find other alternatives. It's a really interesting point, Diego. Like even thinking about the company's goals. Anything else we would add? No, there's just so many considerations when you're thinking about tech. While we brainstorm, I'm just going to reiterate so we said comfort with the tool he said accessibility i'm gonna watch this not redundant or somewhere they will go to use things ease of being able to update especially if it's something that has to be updated frequently and with social learning it almost always is those are all really good also diego you didn't call it out but it was really interesting that you said experimenting so like one of the most important things you can do is demo. And I learned early in my career that demo means do it with your use case. Don't just do it with the canned demo that the vendor gives you because you will quickly find out that this thing that they promised you doesn't exist in the system <laughs> after you've bought it. Definitely. I will say I love free trials because those are like the way you can really learn how to use it and then really see if it's something you're going to utilize for a long term. Of course, some trials are only three days but if you're gonna get a week a week-long trial 
utilize it to your full advantage and like really play around with it see what's you know there to offer and really like you know see what you can use and i think honestly expanding your knowledge in that mind and that mindset of just like having this tool and this new technology even though you may not use that specific you know tool it could open you or lead you to a path to using a different tool so i think that experimentation is always great because it leads you to certain places that you've never really been and it'll lead you to some find something that you know works for you and then i would add that at the foundation of everything you first need to figure out what you need this tool for um um, purpose yeah like purpose (laughs) what is or intention right like what what is the what is the purpose of this tool what are you trying to get what are you trying to get from your employees what is it that you want the interactions to look like what is it that you need them to do what functions do you need don't just like get a tool to get a tool because it's the new hot thing and also don't think because like this is a tool that everybody uses and it's been in the business for a while. It's going to do for you what you need it to do. So definitely do your research. Make sure that, which goes back to demoing and, and making sure that you go through those walkthroughs before you spend any money. But, you know, listeners out there, you know how many tools you have at your job that it just doesn't do what the, what the purpose of that tool is supposed to be. So I would say that's the first step. backing up as well too like that you know having some kind of plan that might be more the it department and a lot of these apps have like they save versions of things automatically but just kind of thinking about well how easy will it be to port this information out of here you know or save it somewhere else just in case and with all the ai and all of the crazy things that are happening and on the tech world i would also say that well two things one because i said ai Check out the roadmap because they might have some really cool features coming up. That's fun. But also think about data privacy and data ethics. So what kind of information about your people will be shared? Who will it be shared with? Are there settings for setting that up? Is the organization that owns the product getting access to your data? Or you know, is it private? Is it shared servers? Some of that probably doesn't seem so important. But you know, if you have highly, highly secure data, you're not going to be able to use certain tools whereas you know if it's maybe leadership development and it's generic and every like you might not care as much if, if other people may potentially hack and have access right it's not going to destroy your company so those are things you want to think about as you're putting it together and also the size of your organization right like workplace seems to be pretty flexible so i think it works for a lot of size organizations i know like delta mcdonald's has used it we're using it obviously but some tools don't scale as easily some tools are only made for scale and just maybe the cost is not justifiable for a tiny team so those are things you want to think about before you make that investment and then the last piece of advice from that i got again this is this was all trial by fire but if it's a sizable investment particularly or if it's a sizable time investment like this is something everyone's going to be asked to use it's going to get integrated into all your systems try to get the name of customers who are using the product or people who've tried the product and get their honest perspective on the product so with learning management systems in particular there's so many out there and so many over promise and under deliver like go find an organization that's using this tool you want to implement and see how they're using it if it's doing what it needs to do, what their downtime is like, what the support is really like, because the salesperson is going to tell you it's all wonderful. Yeah. And then, you know, this is not necessarily at the top of the list, but I think that's something that's important is how long is it going to take you to train your employees on on this tool? Um, 
what's it going to take from them? Is it, that's, you know, are they going to, you also have to think of your employees, right? Like the the audience for this platform. Is this something that they're really going to use? Are they going to be willing to be trained on it? I think that's all important. Again, not, you know, if if you work at a work most of the time, it's like, this is the tool that we're using and we're going to use it. But those are things to think about, you know, to make your employees happy. (laughs) Single use versus multi-use, right? Like we have a client right now who I know they want to do a bunch of learning stuff moving forward. And so one of the things I said when we were considering a platform was like, you, you might want to want to pick something that will flex for all these different use cases. And it turned out that they didn't want to do that because of X, Y, and Z. So that's, you know, I can't share that piece with everybody, but it did make sense in their context actually to just go with the tool that did the one job for the one program and not something that was going to flex to their future learning needs. But most organizations, you're not going to want to, tool that does one thing. You're going to want a tool that can grow into other areas of your business and be used in multiple places. So think about that too. Are there things that are, you know, slightly outside the scope of the project you're working on right now that this will be able to serve? So it's not like a one and done kind of situation. And with that said, we kind of talked about a lot of them already, but there may be some we didn't name. What are your favorite tools for scalable social learning that we use here at your instructional designer for our own social learning? Well, there's Loom again. I think that's um, everybody's favorite. Like yeah. if we got rid of everything, that would probably be the one tool I would always keep. <laughs> we would just talk to each other through Loom all day long. Like let's just get rid of workplace, the chat, everything, and let's just send each other videos of us talking. I would say for me, aside from Loom, it, it will be workplace. I really enjoy and you know, in the beginning I wasn't we used to use we used to use Slack um when I first started for a little bit. And then we started using workplace and I was like, I was that I was like, Nicole, like this. This is a new, why don't we just stay with what we know? But I think for the plans that we had for your instructional designer and our shift to social learning and all the different projects that we work on and this idea that we wanted to, you know, not just learn socially, but also like interact with each other socially. I think that workplace was the right move for us. And I just really like it because you could do everything, all the things that we mentioned, all the things that we mentioned in the beginning too, that you should take into consideration, like the chat, the direct messaging, the depository, like all of that is included in workplace. Yeah, I'm going to build up for us here on the workplace. I really like it because like coming into this, like this agency and everything, it was very like something new for me, but I feel like having that like platform that's very resemblant of like a social media platform for me is in particular, it just made it easier to like navigate. Like I was like, oh, this is like a Facebook like overhaul kind of like, let me just click here, find what I need to here. So I really like that. I also, for me, I like more for the graphic side, the Canva, because I feel like that's a good way for us to like interact with each other. And like, it's very easy. It's very simple for us to like sit there and like, I can share a document with all of y'all and y'all can each put y'all's own ideas. And then it just lets it really fully develop the whole idea. And it's not like, a one person kind of job it makes it where all of us had a contribution to it so that's something that i really enjoyed using for us i never thought of canva as a social learning tool but it's so interesting because it totally is and the collaboration is a piece of that and if i kept adobe as our only design tool it wouldn't be because one it doesn't well now it allows more of those features but it's it's cost prohibitive like you know I, it's 
it's expensive for a license. Like I can afford to give everybody a Canva license, which means we can all collaborate and do things there and learn together. So it's really interesting. That would have been something I would have thought of, Diego, but um, definitely, yeah, I see that. I don't know, Katie, what about you? I know, Miro, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was already fangirling, so I was just kind of racking my brain for what else to say because, I, I, again, I'm just having a lot of fun with it. It's very bright, and you can do so much design-wise. And I'm not, like, a designer by training, so they make it easy in that sense with, like, templates. So I've been playing around with that. And, again, just kind of inspired by seeing what others are doing with it. Like, I've been on YouTube um, on their, you know, and on Miro's site, like, looking through examples. So it just kind of, like, made me think creatively about different ways to facilitate engaging meetings. And so the tool itself, yeah, got me thinking even beyond the tools and about like kind of the learning experiences that I would want to shape. So um, I don't know if I can also say this pod class. I mean, I'm I'm new to joining, like speaking on it this season, but last season I got a lot out of listening to all of your conversations and that definitely impacted my work here. So I think of having a pod class podcast, (laughs) it's a great idea. I would definitely count that as social learning. That's a good one, Katie. Yeah, I'm definitely in the workplace vote, obviously, because I picked it for our entire organization and made everybody move. But like the sign to me that it was a good tool was actually one of our freelancers absolutely like just does not really like working on that kind of technology. Fine with all the learning stuff, but like the slacks, all that hates it. Like you know, two of them actually were kind of in that boat and we moved to workplace and they're like, oh, I kind of, I kind of like this. They, you know, they were, they just, they hated Slack. They would only use email and I would get annoyed because I wanted to keep conversations in one place. And when we use workplace, they actually used it. So like that to me was the indicator that we got the check, right? I really like that. All the things you mentioned are awesome. I don't know that I really have anything to add there. But... <laughs> you know, that, that reminded me, that reminded me, Nicole, like going back to previous question that you asked, I would say if the platform or the app or the tool has a kind of like app for like um, phones or, you know, tablets, I think that's always a plus, especially for freelancers that work out of their phone or they're always, you know, not always on the move, but they're not, you know, you don't have access to them all the time. I think having that possibility to have an app, it's also something to consider. Yeah, mobile friendly for sure. I mean, I'm sure it's a downside when you're getting pinged at like 11 o'clock at night because there's no schedule send on like Slack, but I like having it. Oh, I was just going to say before too about the share what you learned. I think we've talked about it before on the podcast, but that's within workplace and it's like an area where we can just share things that we've come across. I think it's one of my favorite places to see updates when I open my, for the day when I open workplace. I get excited when you all share what you learned. What about our clients? I mean... They're using different tools. Does anyone have a favorite use of social learning technologies or uh, favorite projects that we used technologies to enable social learning on? Can you guess what I'm going to say? I can. And I'm also going to code this with, well, for your example, I don't think it matters, but there may be client names that we can't mention and we just have to use like categories for. So Rocio, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. I'm going to say Loom. I think that especially lately we have been using it more to walk clients through things and they have been appreciative of it because we don't have to have those meetings where they have to sit with us for a certain specific amount of time. Like if we're going to do some kind of training on a tool or a training on something we design, we record a session of Loom 
screen share. And the thing about Loom, which I love, is that you can timestamp questions. So that's a great feature that they have. And we send it and they ask their questions at their own, you know, time. Like there is not, they don't have to meet if they have a busy schedule. You know, that's something that we've been doing that I think clients have appreciated. Boom, we're waiting for our sponsorship. <laughs> I think on our client project side, I would say this pod class in particular, and more so looking at the social media communities we built on LinkedIn and Facebook. I think those have been really such big drivers for the success of this pod class and like getting it off the ground and stuff like that and really seeing the engagement people are having with it. You know, me being behind the scenes, seeing like all the analytics and the data, it's really kind of interesting to see how fast it's growing and how people are actually engaged with it, not only on like, you know, just one in particular platform, but we've offered it in Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, all that. And just seeing the data that it's so spread around those just different types of platforms that we've allowed people to come into our world. And I think that's just like spread it so much more. So I think that's one of the like things that I think is like just our communities that we've built have been such great, you know, tools we've used. Katie, do you have a favorite client use of social learning technologies? I don't want to like say it again, but I, I think I had fun most recently with Miro. So I guess because it's really fresh, that's all I have to bring today. But <laughs> I think it's fun to think about, yeah, like also sort of the how do we get people engaged with whatever, you know, platform or technology that we've that we've just decided what the client is going to be the best one. So kind of thinking about more the marketing side. So I enjoy that challenge kind of across all the projects that we've had so far, you know, and that we already had a prior conversation on another pod class about influence or you did, and then writing a blog about it, discussing the book. So kind of thinking about, all right, so this is where we want people to gather and, and engage with each other, but like how? So I think, yeah, again, cutting across all the technology and the clients, that's my favorite challenge. I'm going to give my word to SKS and I can mention them because they came on our podcast last season, end of the season to talk about their social learning network that we put together for them. And for me, that's still like the gold standard, just so much fun to talk about. And I just want to build those for everyone, but they really embraced everything we told them was true. You know, they were like, okay, this is, this is going to have structure, but it's going to be organic. We're going to trust our people to create. And even if they leave, we're not just going to like destroy everything that person created because they're gone. We're going to embrace that they were there and they contributed and now they've moved on. We're going to give people, you know, less hierarchical, what's the word they're looking for? Learning opportunities. So like by bringing it onto this workplace with our structures, you know, and strategies obviously in place, not, not just because of the tool itself, but with that tool, they were able to have cross hierarchy learning, which was really neat. Like the partners were learning things from the most junior consultants on the team. That wasn't really necessarily happening before when they would meet for quick, like, you know, 30 minute mentor sessions where the mentor just had to learn everything possible from that partner before they went back to their job. So that for me is like the gold standard, why I loved putting that together and seeing how workplace really works, not just for our organization, but you know, for other organizations as well as a learning tool. But Miro is pretty cool too, Katie. I, I've loved a lot of the Miro projects we've done lately for like guided facilitation. And I would add to the SKS comment, Nicole, and obviously here at Your Instructional Designer, social learning networks is the gold standard. The world is not there yet, 
but we're trying to get it there a little at a time. But I would say also like they have testimonials from new hires, right? About how amazing this, you know, new hire experience and onboarding was because of this social learning tool and this social learning environment that they created. So that's, you know, always a measure that you can't measure, right? Like that experience that people have when they are in those social learning environments. I'm going to add that sometimes you can measure it. I didn't, I realized I like didn't prepare any questions necessarily about data and analytics, but I think of like Red AI, which isn't necessarily a social learning tool in the way we think about it, but I get a lot of, like we get sentiment analysis, right? So I can see like, oh, everybody kind of went when I talked about this thing during our meeting. And is that just because we all got really tired and the meeting was too long? Did, did it make everyone upset? Did everyone just have a visceral reaction to it? I mean, if I want to get down in the weeds there, I can. So if it were something like an all hands meeting where I'm broadcasting a massive organizational change and I have that sentiment analysis, I could see, right, and I could start to understand the emotional impact it was having and start to think about, okay, well, how am I going to use my influence to address that? How am I going to pair people up to socialize this new idea to make it more acceptable? So there are ways to get, right, that's probably something we we could have a whole episode about too. And we did kind of, which all two's coming up as well. But like there, there is data about the social stuff and how it works. You just have to look at the right systems to do it. And so that actually takes me to my last question and feel free to touch on Rocio. You'll Wait, one more thing saying. before we go to the last question. And I think I, I thought about this, but we were like in a different question, but I would say like for the platforms, integrations are important. And oh, I yeah. think the integrations also tie in in that, you know, measuring. Yeah what how people feel about things yeah like just like us right that people can't do it all alone but maybe when you tie them all together they can the tool might not be able to do it all alone but when you tie it together it can exactly so sometimes you might have tools that integrate and then you could get all the things in one place so the question i had actually ties into this which is just what are the wish list items for people who are starting from scratch or willing to make a significant investment in social learning social learning network <laughs> go all out yeah spend all, the, spend all the money and then come to us spend all the money with us <laughs> i did not tell her to say that by the way no she didn't <laughs> i think what? from my end the thing that i'm it's probably out there and i just haven't stumbled on it yet but like i would love to see social learning tools that make the connection piece easier. Like we do a lot of manual matchmaking and things like that when we're creating communities, we're teaching our, our you know, like we're teaching the trainers to do that. You know, how, how do you bring people together and all of that? So I think tools that do that work of bringing us together, not just like with algorithms and threads of interest necessarily, but like really thinking about who's got what expertise, what level of expertise, similar interests, similar backgrounds. I guess kind of like the friends you might know on Facebook, but for work would be would be a nice feature to have. Yeah, that would be really great because it would help with like silos, like breaking those down and encouraging conversations to happen across departments, not just teams. Yeah, like, I mean, our organization is small, but there's still things obviously I don't know about you all, right? That's just the nature. You can never know a person fully, but that would be cool. But I think of these massive global organizations, like how cool would it be if you found out that you had similar interests and similar learning goals as somebody who is over in the APAC region and suddenly you two could like join forces and start to learn things together and check in with each other. Obviously there have to be some structures in place to make that 
you know, connection actually happen, not just to show you there's someone with interest, but I don't, I would love to see that tool developed. I'm probably not going to put money into it myself right now, but somebody out there, take that idea and please let us know when you have it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I would say that we restructure platforms and tools to make it work for us, but I don't think there is an actual platform that is the purpose of it is social learning and, you know, that that encompasses everything. Like you could do onboarding, you could do like, because the idea of a social learning network is that everything is happening in one place. So there's not that one tool that has everything, right? Like we have Workplace, we have Loom, we have Miro, we use email, like all these things could happen in one place. And that would be great. That would be the dream for sure. And if you make it, I want royalties. If, if I give you, if, if you're listening to this and you're making it, but yeah, I would say that would be a dream to just have that, and then we could be sponsors of it, and you know, My you can bring all your money to you can bring all your money to us. <laughs> Bring all the money to us and we'll sell it for you once you got it. I think my other wish list item in like a magical world where we have unlimited funds and this will get more accessible at times. So maybe someday in the future, this is something we could do, but it would be like Apple headsets, you know, so we could all do AR VR together (laughs) for everyone. But I'm sorry, team. I do not have a spare 4K for each of us right now to, to have headsets for everyone in the company. I know there's some companies that like, you know, are using Quest and that's pretty neat, but just being a Quest user myself, it's still mm-hmm. a little cumbersome. So I'm looking forward to like things slimming down and being more accessible. And that could be like a fun way to have our meeting, you know, in outer space or something instead of sitting on Squadcast. You ever watch the Disney movie Wally? Yes. Yeah, I feel like Sometimes. eventually that's where we're going. Just everybody's connected. I always think about that when we talk about technology and when everything is going. But that's what it reminds me of. Stopping myself from doing Wally impressions right now. Katie, you look like you have something more relevant to say. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just really, I was laughing really hard. You couldn't hear me about the Wally. And please make that happen. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I don't know. Diego, you got any wish list items that, like, if the company has money is not an option, they can invest in whatever social learning technologies they want. Is there anything you'd be like, this is cool to explore? with the caveat that you need to do needs analysis. I did like what you said about like the AR, VR kind of headsets. Those would be really cool. And I think that's going to be the future anyway. So like, I'm excited to see that. But I mean, I think like Rocio said, having that like one app or like one particular like place where everything is there for social learning to be in place would be such a great idea. And so I kind of like that idea of like finding a common ground place that has everything we use and need for social learning to be in place and for people to really like utilize it to their best advantage and like really learn and grow together because i i will say it is hard now looking at it when you're such in a world that it's very isolated and i feel like having you know while i think a lot of companies are going to like utilize you know certain tools i think having one tool that could do it all would be something that's so great because then you Put one investment there and then you don't have to worry about anything else and it'd be just so great so. yeah that's we the dream. dream we can dream yeah <laughs> okay well this has been a, a little bit longer than we thought but i think the discussion has been really wonderful before i 
turn us over to kind of some ending remarks. Is there anything you all wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to say? I, and I say this in a couple of episodes, my, my point is always that there's always a place to employ social learning. And no matter, like if you're a small company, a big company, if you have the budget, if you don't have the budget, um, I think there's always a way to incorporate it as part of the employees every day. It's just a matter of figuring it out and doing the work to figure it out. And then the people in the company that have the power to make the change need to be with it. Uh, because if they're not, no matter how much someone tries to implement something, it's just not going to happen, I would say. Like the, the, the excitement and the want needs to also come from above, I would say. Yeah, and just ideally that this could help either further an existing culture of learning or help, you know, create one, but just to make people feel less alone if they don't know how to do something. That just happened for me today. People help me out. Help me out. I had a, a silly question, but yeah. So just kind of feeling like it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to tap the resources of people around you that, that the technology you choose would help support that. And I think just to finish it off, I think technology is a tool that allows us to really get down to the weeds of things because there's so much resources out there. So I feel like it is important to utilize that tool that we have now to really basically bring everyone on the same level and help each other go further and help each other get to the next levels that we want to reach. And I think that like Rocio said, it starts from above and by you allowing yourself to come down and help those people get up there with you, you're just going to continue to see success in your own company. That was perfect wrap up. I have nothing to add. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> so I want to thank you all. It's been a really crazy week over behind the scenes that you're instructional designer on client projects and our own workshops and all of this. So I'm just so grateful to the three of you for participating in this, for coming with so much enthusiasm for the work and for giving such thoughtful responses. So if you want to find us, if you want to check us out, hopefully, you know, we're here at the social learning lab, but you know, our website is up there. We've got some blog posts. Katie's done some really great writing recently. We have our YouTube channel. You can find Diego and Rocio for sure on LinkedIn. Katie, sometimes you don't come up. I don't know if you want friends on LinkedIn, but she's, she's on there too. And I'm always there talking, so you probably need to stop me, but um, we're all pretty accessible if, if you want to continue these conversations. So I hope, you know, we will, and definitely we'll say it probably 12 times before this is officially over, but our social learning lab community is always a great place to carry on these conversations. So thanks for joining us. <laughs> what we heard in this episode, there are a ton of ways to integrate social learning and not all of them have to cost a ton of money. It comes down to this. Identify your purpose. Think about how to serve your end users. Remember that the lower the barriers to entry, the more likely adoption is. Consider when you need people to learn in the flow of work versus when you need them to break free of distraction. And above all, don't get caught up on perfection. So LabMates, other than hopefully sharing this episode with all your friends, what tools will you be using to promote social learning at work? Of course, you can work on the answer to that question with this week's experiment. You'll map the tools in your existing work ecosystem and decide how you can leverage them to support social learning. You can find the full experiment brief in the show notes or the Social Learning Lab community on Facebook. Share your ideas there to get feedback and alternative perspectives. One more thing, a little favor to ask. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, like, subscribe, or share it so we can continue building a supportive group of social learning enthusiasts. Until next time, keep making learning that matters.